we got to pause. And we just got to say thank you. Uh, thank you for being faithful. Thank you for being personal. Thank you for being powerful. God, thank you that, uh, that you allow us to be your children by faith in your son, Jesus Christ. And Jesus, thanks for being the anchor. In this imperfect world we live in, there's all the storms, all the storms. But we can anchor our lives, our souls, our being in you. And that's incredible. God, let me just say thank you for the worship team and uh, these ones who bring music like they do week after week. It sure helps us to say we love you and to worship you and helps prepare our hearts for your word. And I know the song that was just sung has done exactly that. The, the hymns we heard this morning have done exactly that. So we come to you um, best way we can as a prepared people to hear what you have to say to us. I pray against the evil one who'd love to bring in different thoughts and ideas and concerns about this afternoon or tomorrow. I just pray against that and that you'll have our full attention for the next 45 minutes, Lord, as we learn a very valuable lesson about you and faith in you. And Jesus, I pray this in your precious name. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, good morning. So glad that you are here today. And I guess this is our last Sunday message. I think we got one more Wednesday night, but this is our last Sunday message on our series, Favorite Things. And again, I will be very candid with you. It wasn't my intention to specifically end where we are today on this scripture. But can I just say it was a great idea? <laughs> Thank you, Lord, for the prompting of the Holy Spirit. Because today, our scripture is from Hebrews chapter 11. It was given to me by uh, one of our staff and a regular tender now at Dorsville, Elaine Weatherington. She's worked with us now, I think, 12 years. She's been here almost as long as Brent, not quite. Um, you know, but been here a long time. And like I said, we're very pleased. The last few months, her and her husband, Bob, have been with us as regular tenders at Dorsville. We're just glad to have them. We really are. But, but I just love the fact that just scheduled in as we end this series and this important topic of faith. Of faith. You know, people, now Baptists are good at this, but people are good at this. It's not, we Baptists don't have a corner on the market with this, but we're good at it, and that is, we have the tendency to make mountains out of molehills. Can I have an amen? Mountains out of molehills. If you have in your family a drama queen, you're not exactly what I'm thinking. I guess, by the way, they're drama kings also, but somebody who could just blow up, not necessarily emotion, emotionally, just blow up over the smallest thing. I know I, I called Judy um, the other day. She was down in Murray taking care of the grandkids. There's James and Ellie there, and, and she couldn't talk very long. She said, Ellie's having a meltdown, you know, and uh, don't, we don't know what it's about, but it was a good one anyway, and so that happens sometimes, but you know what scares me today and what I want to talk about today is not that we make uh, mountains out of molehills, but that we make molehills out of mountains. Because sometimes, sometimes we miss some of the most important things concerning God and His Word. And I really think this topic today just might be one of them. We talk about faith a whole lot. I mean, it's, it's a regular word in our vocabulary. Um, we just know several scriptures, all of us, who, who talk about faith. But I just wonder how much we really know and how much we practice 
this thing called faith. So I'm really excited. I told Judy, I came downstairs this morning after studying this morning. I said, I'm just so excited to be able to share some of the truth. So you pray for me that I can get all out that God has given me to share with you today. Because I really just think it's a powerful message. And I think it's something we really, really need to hear. Now, I think the sermon title that I finally settled on today was Faith Journeys. And that's nice. Isn't that nice? We're talking about faith, and we're kind of talking about how it applies to our life. So faith journeys. That, that works pretty good. But then I thought of a better title. Faith, Hope, and Ethan. <laughs> faith, Hope, and Ethan. You know, one thing great about being a pastor is you can talk about your grandkids and opportunities like this. But I have to say, I would be remiss if I did not talk about this today. I mean, I'd just be, as not only as a grandfather, but this is just too good of an opportunity as a preacher to miss this one. So here's the deal. Uh, uh, you know, back in 2000, we were blessed with our first grandchild. And it was a girl, and her name was Faith. And when, you know, when, when Rebecca named her Faith, I said, oh, what a, you know, my little preacher jeans were just oozing everywhere. I'm going, oh, what a great name. You know, so much better like Susan or something like that. Faith, what a godly name, what a good name. I was just all excited about that. It was just really, really cool. Well, a few years came and went, and lo and behold, and this had to be my first three grandchildren, by the way. And so, so Faith came along, and a few years later, okay, along comes another girl, and they named her Hope. Oh, my little, my little preacher genes are oozing like crazy. Now I'm going, Faith and Hope, Faith and Hope, Faith and Hope. This, man, this is just awesome. It's just wonderful. These are my grandchildren, Faith and Hope, you know. i got to have a faith and a little hope, you know. I mean, more than you can imagine how many jokes I've told about how good jokes about their names, Faith and Hope, Faith and Hope. So finally, number three was on the way. Now, you know what I'm thinking. I'm thinking 1 Corinthians chapter 13. I'm thinking Faith. Hope and love. Now, we couldn't name the child love. That would be just kind of weird, you know. Hi, this is my daughter, granddaughter love. That wouldn't work. But I said we could name her Charity. Because, you know, the old, remember, the old King James used to say, Faith, Hope, and Charity. So I was all fired up. I already had it planned. You know, God certainly would not mess this one up. Certainly God. Now, I, now I've wanted sons and grandsons all my life, but not now, God, because, you know, faith, hope, and love, you know. Well third grandchild's born. Faith, hope, and Ethan. We even, I, I know, and by the way, we love Ethan to death. Don't trade for him. He's my oldest grandson. Love him to death. But faith, hope, and Ethan. I even have, I have a plaque in my room in my office at home, and it sits over the door going into my closet, and it's beautiful. It says, faith, hope, and love. And I said, Judy, I want to put a sticker on it. It says, faith, hope, and Ethan. You know, just been great. But here's the deal. Here's the deal. What I didn't realize is that God knew exactly what he was doing. I mean, he knew exactly what he was doing. He gave us a boy and gave us Ethan. But even with my analogy of faith, hope, and love, God was bigger. Now, you're going to have to wait just a few minutes to find out why that's important. But you hang with me. So look at your Bibles in Hebrews chapter 11. And we're going to take it, I think, what would be called an in-depth look of my, at my grandchildren. Okay? <laughs> faith, hope, and Ethan. Faith, hope, and Ethan. Here we go. Now, in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. Now, here's the crazy part. This is a scripture that is very common and very popular. Okay? But I think we sometimes, again, we don't get the how large this mountain is, how beautiful this mountain is. Now, he starts out by saying, and this is the uh, Christian Standard Bible, I believe. It says, now, faith is the reality of what is hoped for, the proof of what is not seen. Let me read that again to you because it's just so important. 
Now, faith is the reality of what is hoped for, the proof of what is not seen. Well, one of my favorite Bible teachers, I'm pretty sure he's gone to be with the Lord now, uh, was Warren Wiersbe. Just a great Bible teacher, uh, kind of a, a simple, just present the gospel kind of guy. And he defines faith in this way. He says, faith is the confident obedience, the confident obedience to God's word in spite of circumstances and consequences. Isn't that good? Can we say it one more time? Okay. Faith is the confident obedience to God's word in spite of circumstances and consequences. Now, that is really good. That is very rich. Okay? And I want to use that kind of as the umbrella today as we talk about faith. Because I really don't think we give faith the due credit that it needs, it demands, that it deserves. All right? Now, he goes on under the umbrella of faith is the confident obedience to God's word in spite of circumstances and consequences, the Bible goes on and says, now faith is the reality of what is hoped for. Do you see it already? Faith and hope. There's the grandkids right there. Faith and hope. See, they're everywhere. I'm telling you, they're everywhere. I mean, by the way, I'm looking to see if Dwayne's in there somewhere. And if not, surely Dwayne, oh, you, you, you know, Eugene, Eugene's got to be. Eugene's got to be. Now, now, the word reality there, and again, if you've got the King James or New King James, it's the word substance. Now, faith is the substance. That's what I was raised on. Faith is the substance. Different translations, you different words, but the Greek word is the same. And the Greek word there means to stand under or to support. To stand under or to support. So, so faith is something we stand under or support. All right. Now, now what? Now what? What a foundation is to a house, faith is to the Christian. What a foundation is to a house, faith is to the Christian. In other words, faith is the foundation of who we are in Christ. Hugely important. That's how important it is. To stand under or to support. Like I'm standing on this stage, okay? To stand under, to stand upon the stage, all right? So just like the stage is supporting me, so faith is what we stand on. If, if Jesus is the anchor, and he is, then faith is the chain that holds the anchor. If Jesus is the anchor in Dave's song, then faith is the chain that holds that anchor to us. That's how important it is. Now, watch this. In Luke chapter 6, and I think it's verse 46, Jesus tells a story. He tells, actually, it's not a story. He tells a teaching that includes a little parable. He said, a person who hears my word and obeys, which, by the way, remember the definition? Confident obedience. Confident obedience. Jesus said, the person who hears the word of God and obeys it is like someone who built a house. And they dug deep into the sand, and they got upon bedrock, upon the rock, and they put their house on the rock. They had a firm foundation. Faith is the foundation as we are believers. So he built his house on the rock. And the storms came and the winds came and the waves came. And do you remember what happened? The house stood firm. Someone say firm. The house stood firm. However, he said, there was another guy who built a house, had a great beachfront property. If you ever watched beachfront bargain hunt, 
you know, on, on HGTV, you know all about that. But this guy built his house, and he built it on the sand. Okay, went up fast, construction costs were a lot less, and the view was unbelievable. However, the waves came, and the storms come, and the rain beat upon the house, and the house collapsed. Collapsed. What was the difference? It was the foundation. Now, if it's true in the Greek, and it is, by the way, that now, now faith is the foundation of what is hoped for, all right? You see how important faith is. If we don't have a good basis of our faith in God and who he is, then our house is going to collapse. We're going to find ourselves in a mess frequently. However, if we'll build our house on faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, because faith is the foundation, Jesus is the foundation. If we build our house on that, when the storms come, and again, Dave song fits so well, when the storms come, we will stand firm. We will stand firm. So, so it's, it's not just a cute verse in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, now faith is, it's essential to our life as believers. If you are a believer in Jesus Christ, I can't overstate the importance of faith in your life. Now, he goes on and says this. Now, faith is the reality, the foundation, okay, of what is hoped for, the proof of what is not seen. The proof of what is not seen. The word proof there in the Greek also carries great meaning. It means confidence or conviction. Confidence or conviction. And he goes on, this confident conviction of what is not seen. This confidence and conviction declares, we declare it in our lives, that one, God is who he says he is. It's a conviction, not a preference. Not a preference. You know, when we jerk God's strings around, you know, and he performs like we think he ought to, then, then, you know, we got confidence in him and it's our conviction. No, 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 no. In spite of consequences or circumstances, it's a conviction that God is who he says he is and God will do what he promises. God is who he says he is, and God will do what he says he will do. Now, that's where we've got to get as believers. I'm telling you, we live in a wishy-washy world of faith. Again, if, if God performs like we think he ought to perform, see, we're so stinking performance-oriented, we let it bleed over on God. You know, we, too many people today, even those who claim to be believers in Jesus Christ, too many of us perform for God. If we perform well, somehow God likes us. Hear me say this a dozen times. If, if we perform well, that somehow we earn God's favor. That's not true. It's not biblical. It's not biblical. But we turn right around and do that to God. We like God when he performs the way we want him to. Hey, he doesn't exist for us. Hey, he's God and we're not. He's God and we're not. We exist for him. He does not exist for us. We've got to nail this down. We've got to nail this down in our faith. So, under the umbrella of faith is the confident obedience to God's word in spite of circumstances and consequences, understanding that faith is the foundation of what is hoped for and the proof or the conviction of, of what is not seen, that God is who he says he is and will do what he says he will do. That's a biblical picture of faith. That's a biblical picture of faith. Now, as believers, that's what we're called to live by. I don't know. You listen to TV and you're going to hear a bunch of bunk. 
You listen to a lot of, I'm sorry, I'm not saying I'm perfect, but you listen to a lot of pulpits and you're going to hear a lot of bunk. It may preach well, but it's just simply not biblical. You've got to be careful. Whatever your pastor, including this one and that one and that one over there, you've got to be certain that the man who fills this pulpit is preaching the word of God. You be careful what you're listening to. You be careful what you're listening to on television, on the radio. It may sound good, but if it does not line up with the word of God, discard it. In fact, stop listening to it. Stop listening to it. Now, since that's our mandate and what we're to live under, now faith is the reality of what it's hoped for, the proof of not what is seen. You know what? It seems logical that if that is our mantra, if that's our way of life, then we should have a song. We should have a song. If that's our motto, then we should have a song. Did you know, by the way, that the, that the national motto for the United States of America, mandated by Congress, is in God we trust. We have a motto. You know, we have a national anthem. Okay, some football players don't understand that, but we have a national anthem. Uh, just a little gig there. All right? And, of course, it is the Star Spangled Banner. And, by the way, listen to this definition. A national anthem is a song adopted by a country uh, as an expression of national identity. The national anthem is a song adopted by a country or an expression um, of national identity. Okay, now get this, get this, get this. If Hebrews 11.1 1 can be our motto, living by faith, now faith is the reality of what is hoped for, the proof of what is seen, then Psalm 89 can be our national anthem. Now you say, what is Psalm 89? Enter Ethan. So two weeks ago, I think, Ethan goes to his mother and says, Mom, is my name in the Bible? I want my name to be in the Bible. If they'd asked Grandpa, I said, I don't remember saying it, and I didn't. So they get on Google or something, I guess, and lo and behold, Ethan is in the Bible. Not only is Ethan in the Bible, where are you at, Ethan? Dude, you have got a really big part in the Bible. Listen to this. First off, over in 1 Kings chapter 4, verse 31, okay, talking about King Solomon, saying Solomon was so wise, he was even smarter than Ethan. That's what the Bible says. That's what the Bible says. Solomon was so wise, he's even wiser than Ethan. I thought that was pretty good. I decided not to quit there. I, so I Googled and said, Ethan in the Bible. And I found something even better than that. Psalm 89. If you look in your Bibles, if you were going to have those Bibles that had the, the superscript at the top, it says, say, Psalm by Ethan. How about that? A Psalm by Ethan. And listen, I, I'll never preach this in a sermon because it's, I think it's like 53 verses long. Ethan was a little long-winded. Make a great preacher one day. All right? But listen to Psalm 89, just the first two verses. And thinking about if faith is our mantra, we need a national anthem. Listen, now remember, you do understand Psalms was the, the Jewish hymn book. These are psalms. They sang these things. Here's what it says. I will sing about the faithful... I'm sorry. I will sing about the Lord's faithful love forever. I will proclaim your faithfulness to all generations with my mouth. For I will declare faithful love is built up forever you establish your faithfulness in the heavens. How about that? And if Ethan hadn't come along, 
Well, I wouldn't have had that. I'm so glad that God gave me not charity, but Ethan. And I'm glad his name, I'm glad his name's in the Bible. I am, yeah. You know what? And again, it's just a wonderful, wonderful psalm. But here's the deal. If we are a people of faith, then our national anthem should be a psalm of God's faithfulness. And that's exactly what this is. On our lips constantly should be praise of God's faithfulness. If we are a people of faith, not just faith, if we are a people of faith in God, our national anthem should be, as you will, if you will, one that draws people together, our national anthem should be a hymn of God's faithfulness. Let me read to you one more time. I will sing about God's faithful love forever. I will proclaim your faithfulness to all generations with my mouth, for I will declare faithful love is built up forever. You establish your faithfulness in the heavens. How incredible is that? I call that, by the way, the wow of faith. The wow of faith. So don't be guilty then. Don't be guilty of making a molehill out of faith. Rather, make it a majestic mountain in your life. Make it a majestic mountain in your life. Faith is not something we just add to our life. It is so essential to our faith, our walk in Jesus Christ. Now... In Hebrews chapter 11, verse number 2, the second verse in Hebrews chapter 11, it says this. For by it, by faith, by faith, for by faith our ancestors have won God's approval. Now this is just so important. Again, we just, we have a tendency to miss this. You've got to understand when you look back at the patriarchs in, in the Old Testament, they were approved by faith, not by performance. This tendency we have today in our Western culture, and really, it's in all religions, okay, it's in all religions because they're all false, those religions are false, but it's a work salvation. But we have a tendency to even believe that over into our churches, again, that somehow if we perform correctly, God will like us more. That's not biblical. He loves you already, and there's nothing you can do to make him love you more, all right? Nothing you can do. So all these ancestors were approved by God not because of their performance, but because of their faith in God. Now, you need to write that down. Now, you know, and again, if you look in verse number 4, you see a story of a guy named Abel. Abel was killed. He was our first martyr in the Bible. And he was killed. He was murdered by his older brother, Cain. And the reason why was is because God accepted Abel's sacrifice and did not accept Cain's. And the reason why is Abel's sacrifice was by the blood and Cain was by works. Now, we don't have this story exactly where, where that was taught by God, but it certainly was. There's no doubt. It was Every commentary you read will verify that and confirm that, that the blood sacrifice was how you worship God. And Abel did that, and Cain was jealous, and he died. So he was faithful in his worship, all right? Then we see uh, Enoch in verse number 5. And there we, see, there we see a faithful walk. We see a faithful walk. Faith demonstrated by a person's walk. The Bible says, by faith, Enoch you know, was translated, he did not see death. You know, Elijah didn't see death, and, and of course, you know, Enoch didn't see death. The Bible simply says that one day he was not because God took him. And before he took him, he had this testimony that he pleased God. But he was translated, he was changed because of his faith in God. And then in verse number 7, you've got Noah. You've got faith that's, that's being worked out. Faith that's being worked out. Here we see a guy who's been told to build a boat in the middle of nowhere there's any water. Not only build a boat, but a huge boat. And he demonstrated his faith by obeying God and building this boat. 
And then finally, in verse number 8, you've got Abraham. <laughs> Abraham was a pagan. A pagan. And God looked down from heaven and said, hey, I choose you. Not because you deserve it. Not because you're good. Not because you're right. I just choose you. That's called grace. That's called grace. I choose you. And I want you to do this. I want you to go. And I'm going to tell you where to go. And when you get there, you're going to have a child. You have a child. Nations are going to be blessed because of you. All nations are going to be blessed because of you. And Abraham obeyed. He exercised faith. So when it says, for by it all ancestors were one God's approval, that's what he's talking about. And guess what? It hasn't changed. Guess how we, we, we obtain God's approval? By faith. Write that down by faith. Not by works, not by going to church, not by being a Baptist, not how you dress, not how you do this, not how you do that. You are saved by faith. You are saved by faith. By grace, plus nothing, minus nothing. That's what God's word says. So, so he says the way of faith is, for by it, our ancestors wanted God's approval. And by faith, we understand that the universe was created by the word of God. Again, showing the importance, the integrity, the power of faith. You know, this is so big. Because I know so many people have questions about creation of the world. What about, you know, do, do we need to have a gap theory? Was it seven literal days? Was it not seven literal days? What about the dinosaurs? Are there aliens? We got all this crazy stuff we bring up. Well, let me tell you something I wrote down. You know, faith doesn't include or require the details. Faith does not include or require the details. I have learned in 64 years of life and 35 as a Christian, I don't have all the answers. And I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. I'm not afraid to look somebody in the eye and go, you know what? I don't know. There's some things I don't know. I tell you what I do know. I know there is a God, and he has a son named Jesus Christ, and he died for me, and I exercise faith in him, and he forgave my sins, and I'm going to heaven. That's what I do know. I don't worry about what I can't explain. I just bask in the love of what I do. Of what I do. That's simply what I do. So, so he says, by faith the universe was created by the word of God. By the word of God. Remember that just for a second. So that what is seen was made from things that are not visible. This thing's bigger than us. And it's almost like for clarity, okay? See, the Bible doesn't answer all our questions. He doesn't tell us what we, what we want to know. He tells us what we need to know. Write that down. God doesn't always tell us what we want to know. He tells us what we need to know. Case in point, John 1.1. Concerning, concerning, we understand that the universe was created by the word of God. John 1.1. In the beginning was the word. And the word was with God. And the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him. And without him was not anything made that was made. It clarifies, it strengthens what is written in the book of Hebrews. Jesus is the creator. And there's only one creator and everything else is created. Amen? Nail that down in your heart. Even if you don't have all the details, even if you don't understand all the details, nail that down. The universe was created by Jesus Christ. And in case we, just in case to clarify, he says in verse 14 of John 1, and the word became flesh, Merry Christmas, the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and full of truth. So, so by faith, the ancestors were approved, so are we. By faith, we understand that the, the world, the universe was created, and it was, and we believe that, 
by faith. That's not ignorant, dumb hicks. That's called believers. What we don't understand of God, we just have to believe. We just have to believe. That's not dumb faith. That's not dumb faith. So, now, continue on the thought of faith. 2 Corinthians 5, 7. This is why, it's, this all verses why this is so important. Why faith is so important. It says in 2 Corinthians 5, 7, For we walk by faith and not by sight. How many of y'all heard that verse before? Yeah, hands go up all over. Have you really pondered that verse? For we walk by faith and not by sight. Now, it'd be a crazy thing, and I won't do it because, you know, I could close my eyes and walk. I can walk, but at some point I'm going to walk off the stage. So, so you've got to have another way of seeing. See, so, so believers, we don't walk by sight. We don't walk by what we can just see. We've got other vision, and it's the eyes of faith. I've got a video I want to show you this morning. I, I saw this on some channel, and I was able to find a one-minute clip. This is not the whole story, but I found this absolutely amazing because it adequately demonstrates what walking by faith is like. Okay? Would you show the video of that, Beth? We found other people possessing superhuman powers. Daniel Kish is like the superhero Daredevil, who's blind but uses heightened senses to fight crime. Daniel lost his sight as a child, but he can still ride a bike. Pedaling down a street, he somehow avoids cars. He can even sense when to turn corners, much like a bat that uses sonar to navigate. How does he do it? Daniel makes clicking sounds that act like a form of human sonar. He calls it echolocation. The sound bounces off objects. I'm hearing the reflection of sound as it comes back. Daniel showed me how he navigates the streets. The passageway between buildings. And then we have um, stuff, basically, in the way. Tall stuff, posts or something, right in the middle of the walkway. When people say, you have superhuman abilities. How do you respond? I'm human. Um, I haven't been bitten by a radioactive spider or anything. Now, it's really quite amazing. And if you saw the full story on Daniel, um, in the, on the, what channel it was on, I do not remember what channel it was on. He's in a park, and he goes, over there is a pavilion, over here is a tree, and it seems to be running parallel to the ground and goes up. Amazing details. And he does this without physical sight. And he does it again by the clicking sound and the sound bouncing back into his ears, okay, through years of practice and training, okay, bounces back to his ears. And just like a bat knows when not to fly into a tree, he has learned that technique. It's simply amazing. What I'm trying to show you today is, is that as believers, we need to quit relying so much on sight and start trusting our eyes of faith. We need to stop trusting. Because, listen, in the world we live in, that's, our, that's what we want to do. We want to know what tomorrow holds. We want to know where the next paycheck is coming from. We want to know if our, if our children will be okay. And those are all fine things. But we do so on the basis of, I see, what can I do about it? I see, what can I do about it? Again, if Daniel could see, he would avoid the pole by, uh, the pole by sight. But he does it through different eyes. And God is calling us as believers to walk with different eyes. We walk by faith. We live by faith and not by sight. And sometimes, when I know there's a cliff out there and I'm walking, it's scary. But listen, God's never failed yet. 
He has a perfect track record of not failing. Now, one of my favorite Old Testament scriptures is found way back um, in 2 Kings chapter 6. I've, I've taught this several times to you, and I just couldn't wait to share it again this morning. Because, again, thinking about the eyes of faith, thinking about the eyes of faith. Uh, this is the story of Elijah, okay? He's in a town of Dothan, not Alabama, of Dothan, okay? He's in town there, and something's going to happen. Here it goes. So, therefore, the king of Syria um, sent horses and chariots and a great army there to Dothan. And they came by night and surrounded the city. So when the servant of the man of God, so when Elijah's servant wakes up early in the morning, he goes out. As he looks around Dotham, he says, there was an army surrounding the city with horses and chariots. Are you get the picture? The servant of the man of God, Elijah's servant, wakes up. As he looks around Dotham, all around the hills are chariots and horses. Those pesky circumstances. Can I have an amen? Life is going so well, and all of a sudden, man, life takes a crazy curve. The doctor says cancer. You get a phone call in the middle of the night. Um, life isn't well. Your marriage is on the rocks. You lose your job. I mean, you name it, it can happen. You've got those pesky circumstances. It's easy to walk by sight when things are going well, and it's easy to walk by faith when things are going well. Well... The guy, I assume Elijah was already up because he says to Elijah, Alas, my master, what shall we do? Isn't that a great question? What shall we do? And this wise man of God gives a great answer. So he answered, do not fear. I told him Wednesday night that do not fear in some form or another is listed 365 times in the Bible. One for every day of the week. God doesn't want you, God doesn't want you to be afraid. 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 He does not want you to be afraid. Fear, in fact, fear and faith just can't exist together. They cannot exist together. Fear is a faith killer. So God doesn't want you to be afraid. So he says, do not be afraid. Now watch. For those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Now, Again, the guy's looking around through his eyes of sight. He looks around, and he sees all these chariots and horses. And then he looks at him and Elijah and go, two to thousands. I'm not, I'm not seeing what you're seeing, Elijah. And that's the truth. He wasn't seeing because he was seeing through eyes of sight. So, Elijah, in verse 17, says, And Elijah prayed and said, Lord, I pray Open his eyes that he may see. What a great prayer. And the Bible says, Then the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw. And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elijah. So by sight, all he could see was Syrian soldiers and chariots. When God opened his eyes to the eyes of faith, he saw something else. He saw the mighty armor and army of God. You say amen. I'm telling you, when it seems that God is so far away from you, he's closer than you ever dreamed. When it seems like you are outnumbered, you just haven't seen through the eyes of faith. Of course, like somebody said, you know, you and God make a majority. When God's on your side, what else do you need? 
So it's just beautiful. You know, uh, a guy named J. Oswald Sanders says this. Listen, I'll try to read slow so you can get it. Faith enables, faith enables the believing soul to treat the future as present and the invisible as seen. Well said, Dr. Sanders. Faith enables the believing soul to treat the future as present and the invisible as seen. It all depends on what eyes we choose to see with. Now, this is another thing I was very excited about. You know, I know from Dr. Benna, okay, and I'm, let me confuse you, okay? The bottom line is this. You know, if you're far-sighted, you can see close. And if you're near-sighted, you can see far. Then it's not something about Baptists are right. If you're far-sighted, you can see close. If you're near-sighted, you can see far. All right? And, and both those are abnormalities of the eyes. One, you can see things close up, you can't see far. And the other, you can see things far, but not close up. Okay? Now, did you know there's a such thing called foreground and background? Foreground and background. If you're a photographer, you know there are two ways to shoot pictures. You can focus on what's up close and make the, the distance a blur. Or you can focus what's on the distant and make up what's close as a blur. Beth, throw one of those pictures up there for me. Okay, there you go. Yeah. Now, do you notice uh, something? Look at the look at the uh, metal work. See how clear it is, how crisp it is? Okay. Now, what, what about the background? Is it clear? It's fuzzy. Isn't it? It's fuzzy. Now, now again, the, the far side, the, the background is blurry because the person is focusing on what is close. Okay, now Beth, throw the other picture up. Now look at that. Yep. Go back the other way. Get the other picture back. There you go, there you go. Now, the metal is blurred a little bit, and now you see the background is clear. You see that? You see that? That's what happens spiritually to us. Thank you, Beth. That's what happens to us. There are times, I understand, we need to focus on what's close. Okay? But that should never be our main sight. We, can see, we should see what's in the distance. We're, our focus should be eternity and not temporal. If all we do is focus on what's up close here and now, we become selfish, greedy, spiritually weak, and a lot of other things. But when we focus on eternity, we start seeing through the eyes of faith. In other words, we start seeing through the eyes. We see a um, God's armies and chariots of fire. So what, what vision do you have? What vision do you have? Do you find yourself so focused on life that you're more concerned about the here and now instead of what's waiting in eternity? God, through eyes of faith, says, open your eyes and see that there's something more than now. There's something more than now. There is eternity out there. So we are running out of time quickly. So in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, Okay, it says this. Now, without faith, it is impossible to please God. See the essentiality of faith? Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Since the one who draws near to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. Okay, all right? We must believe that he is and that he can. He, he is and he can. God, believe what God says about himself and believe that he can do what he says he can do. Faith, now without faith, it's impossible to please God since the one who draws near to him must 
Believe. Don't, don't run past that. Must believe. Not if you know all the answers. Not if you have all the details. Not if the circumstances are right. You simply must believe that he exists, he is, and that he rewards those who seek him, he can. Amen? Are, are you getting this? Are you getting this? Now, let's close out real quick. Let's close out with verse number 13 and 14 of Hebrews 11. This is so important. I call this the waiting of faith. The waiting of faith. You know, we, um, we talk Wednesday. You know, by the way, don't, don't forget. No, no guilt trip. I'm just telling you. If you want more than Sunday morning, don't forget we do church at Sunday night. And we do different things. I mean, sometimes we show movies. Sometimes we do different things. But generally speaking, we teach the Word of God. Uh, and then, like I say, and then Wednesday night, you know, if you want more, it's there. But Wednesday night, we taught Psalm 46. You know, and verse number 10 there, it's one of the very common verses I love to use. Be still and know that I'm God. Be still. Stop striving and know that I am God. You know, faith sometimes is a waiting game. Faith sometimes is a waiting game. In fact, the truth is, the truth is, our biggest troubles are because we didn't wait on God. Our biggest troubles are because we don't wait on God. So, so be still and know I am God. And listen to this, this one, Psalm 40, uh, Isaiah 40, 31. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Wait. Wait. Listen. This is the part no one likes. But listen. This is verse 13. Speaking of those guys, Abraham and Enoch and Abel and Noah, these all died in faith. These all died in faith, although they had not received the things they were promised. And again, if you were looking by sight, you go, well, that worked out well. Abel was murdered. You know, Noah ended up, you know, drunk and, and everything else. That didn't work out so well. Abraham never got to see, you know, what happened with all the nations. He didn't get to see that. He was 100 years old when he gave birth to that son. When he gave birth. When she gave birth to the son. That didn't work out so well. They all died in faith, although they had not received the things that were promised. But they saw them from a distance. Remember the background? They saw them. With the distance. This is not all there is. Say that with me. This is not all there is. Please believe that. Please believe that. If you don't, you're going to die one frustrated, bitter Christian. Believe this is not all there is. They focused, they saw them from a distance, they embraced them, they greeted them. And confessed, here's their mantra, they confessed that they were foreigners and temporary residents on the earth. Hey, this, this world is not your home, you're just a traveling through. My treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. This is not home. This is not home. This is not home. You're not home yet. There's something more. Tell your children. There's something more. Tell your wife there's something more. Tell your husband there's something more. Tell the people you know there's something more. We are temporary residents. We are aliens on this world. 
Because our citizenship, Paul said, is somewhere else, and that is in heaven. Well, Dwayne, how can I believe that? F-A-I-T-H. Faith. Faith. That's what we're about. We're a people of faith. We're a people who dare to believe when we can't see all the evidence. We're a people who dare to believe when we can't see all the evidence. How powerful is that? And verse 14, we close out with this. Now, those who say such things make it clear that they are seeking a homeland. Crazy people who talk like that, that say, well, you know, this world's not my home. I'm just an alien here. There's something else. They make it clear that we're seeking another land. And guys, we need to be seeking another land. Invest in this world. You know, this stuff becomes more real when you get a little bit older. I remember when, when the 2000 happened, now it's going to be 46 years old, and I said, man, I'll be like old. And that's like 18 years ago. And I find myself staring 64 in the calendar. I'm going, where did it go? And before long, it's going to be 70, if God grants that to me. And before long, well, we Taylor boys don't live too long, but 88? Goes by, it goes by so quickly. And whatever you're going to do now, do by faith. Do by faith. And it's more important than ever because of the crazy world we're living in. But you've got to have the courage to see by faith. You've got to have the courage to believe that your foundation, your foundation is faith. I'm going to stand on Jesus Christ and faith in Him. And my conviction is. That God is who he says he is. And that he will do what he said he will do. That's me. That's who I'm going to be in this world. Would you bow your heads, please? I hope this made sense today. I hope this made sense. I hope today we'll make a molehill back into a mountain. A molehill back that we will truly be a people of faith. That we'll trust and obey God even when it doesn't make sense. That when the storm is raging and the waves are high, we'll trust God. We'll trust God. And the biggest way and the first way to do that is by trusting Him to forgive your sins. The whole thing we believe in sets us apart from every other religion in the world. Every Religion in the world besides Christianity based itself on works. If we do enough, maybe God will accept us. And that's a false religion. Christianity is the only one that's based on grace. That God extends his merit to us without anything we do besides exercising faith and believing him. And my friend Brent's going to be standing down front here today. And if you're here today and you've never done that, oh, how we'd love to tell you the story. Let us tell you the story of how much God loved you. That he sent Jesus Christ to die for you. And give you the opportunity to exercise faith in believing what Jesus Christ did. And as a believer in Jesus Christ, that today you will choose to see by faith so you can walk by faith. Not requiring all the details, because God doesn't include all the details. But simply saying, I will trust him. No matter what the circumstances, I will trust him. Hey God, thank you so much for the privilege of sharing today. Father, I pray that you'll take this attempt to share this great truth 
and clarify and strengthen it as only you can. Thank you for your word, Father. So powerful. So powerful. Father, I know, I know there are folks on the radio and folks here in this room who needed to be affirmed by this. So may you, Holy Spirit, do your sweet work and semen it to our heart. And Jesus, I pray this in your precious name. Amen. Amen. Why don't we stand to our feet, please? We've got a song for you this morning. Bridge